The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world, George's Box. Welcome back to George's Box. I'm JJ. I'm Nick. Hey, it's a good day to be a Yankee fan. Like, pretty good day. Hell of a week to be a Yankee fan. Who would think that when we recorded a week ago, honestly, the only blemish, the biggest problem we have, Garrett Cole just couldn't couldn't get it done last week. (laughs) That guy's got to pick it up, man. Come on. Maybe, Maybe he spends a couple nights above the funeral home down in Scranton and learns a thing or two. I mean, excite, just like overall, like very exciting week. I try not to look too much at the standings at this point in the season because it's still so early, but it's tough to be like, wait, we just went six and one last week and we're not in first place yet, but we're only half a game back. I mean, that could change tonight. They say don't look at the standings until six weeks. So we're about, we're about there, but man, we're throwing no hitters. We're turning triple plays. We're getting multiple walk-offs in a week. You could fill the entire World Series DVD with just this week. I feel like enough happened this week to fill the rest of the season. Yeah. I mean, like the big thing this week that happens, obviously the no hitter. Do you care about no hitters? I was really excited. Yeah. First no hitter since 99. I, I do care. I think it's cool. I feel like I'd care if it wasn't the sixth this season in Do you May. think that dampens it? Yeah. I think like the same way if someone broke a home run record in 19, we'd all be like, well, the balls. Like I think they adjusted the balls the other way. It, we're having the worst offense that baseball has seen since like 19 dickety six. So, <laughs> um, and I, I think to a certain extent, like no hitters can be very flash in the pan. Like, hey, it just happens. You go out, you can, you know, the next game, you could be awful. You could just be awful your entire career and find, like, a no-hitter somewhere. Perfect games, I put a little more on that. You know, it's a a, a lot more has to happen and come together for you. Um, triple plays are exciting. But, like, the no-hitter, I think part of it is my age. Like, I don't care that we haven't had one since 99. I care that we haven't won a World Series since 2009. Um, I d- 
don't, and this isn't a shot at like, this isn't like a direct shot at Hub specifically. I just saw him do it with like, he recorded himself doing like watching the last out and then put that in a tweet and hit send. And it's just like, who cares about any of that? Like a lot of people did it. Hubs is my guy. I love Hubs. But a lot of people were doing that. And I'm like, why the fuck would I want to watch a guy watching a thing? Not even live. Like, what's your, <laughs> I know the end reaction is you're happy. If it's live and like maybe on like you're watching on a delay and it's like, I know this is going to happen. Something good, something bad. Like, I'm going to watch your heartbreak. Like, that's cool. But just like, oh, you were happy about a thing in May. I don't care. Yeah, I'm going to take the opposite approach. For me, this was more about Kluber than the actual no-hitter. When we signed him in January, I was very bullish on it. I was very excited about it. You remember I was doing a podcast by myself outside of Kite and Key here in Philly because I know what this guy's capable of. And this was a culmination, I think, of everything that he's capable of. And I expect him to be an ace for the rest of the season. I really do. I think this was a good kind of fuck you to everybody that said, oh, he's washed up. He's this, he's that. Did anyone say, oh, he's washed up? I mean, didn't like five teams offer him contract? Uh, you know, he had some offers, but he didn't have any multi-year offers. And it was just a lot of he's old, Cashman's dumpster diving. I'm like, this is a two-time Cy Young Award winner that was the best pitcher in the American League for a five-year stretch. And people act like he was some has-been. I just never understood it. I mean, I think for one year, $11 million, it, it felt like a, a fair deal. To a certain extent, like if Cole doesn't throw a no-hitter this year, like what are we even doing? Like everyone's throwing one. Cole gets too many strikeouts, I think, to throw a no-hitter. And Kluber is the perfect guy to throw a no-hitter. He gets a lot of first-pitch ground balls, first-pitch pop-ups. He's much more efficient than Cole. And that's the one downside. You hear Kay and O'Neill talk about it all the time of getting so many strikeouts is it drives your pitch count out. I'm not going to go online and buy one. Um, and I don't normally care about like the giveaways. I think the bobblehead is cool. <laughs> yeah. I think the idea, and I totally get it. like people were ragging on the Rangers, but like you sign a you you trade for a guy like Kluber, you plan ahead, you make the bobbleheads. COVID happens, they could just throw them all out, right? Like that's that's really the only other option is you either give them the fans or you throw them out. And imagine if there was a picture of a dumpster outside of whatever they play in now, and it was just bobbleheads of a player, you know, like. You know, could have sent these to charities or who knows? Like there's no – the best thing that they could do was to give them away and to – you know, there are people who are like, hey, I've got – I've got the the Corey Kluber bobblehead from the Rangers from the game when he pitched against the Rangers and threw a no-hitter. It's kind of a cool story. I'm always in favor of giving shit away as opposed to throwing shit away. I mean, that's a no-brainer. I don't know how yeah. you could kind of be on the other side of that. The other thing is this was apparently it was a mystery bobblehead night. It wasn't just Kluber bobbleheads. There were like five different Rangers oh, that you could have got. That yeah, narrative so gets left some out. Some people got. Yeah, right, right. That that kind of got lost in the wind there. But no, I thought it was cool. That stadium, though, I would be happy to never watch a game at that stadium. Again, the TV angle that they were showing, that was it's like when we play was. the Nationals. Like I hate the yes. Nationals angle. Like why is the camera so high? Was- I feel like it's just like newer stadiums. Like maybe it's just a change that has started since, you know, like 2010 or whatever it is. Maybe. And with that series, you lose the Cole game. And you're like, we're fucked. You know, we're, maybe we'll split. Texas is a last place team. If you would have told me going to the end of that series that we would lose the Cole game and win the other three, I would not have believed you. Especially with like just our pitchers finally starting to really shove. Like, 
You know, like where, yes, you're mixing a no hitter in there. You're mixing some great starts. And I think we need to find a medium because they're not going to shove every game. No. But we just need to keep these productive quality starts, saving some of the bullpen because, you know, I think you, you brought up last week when we talked about Britain and we'll talk about him more. It's just about like, yes, we're relying heavily on the bullpen now and we're not going to be able to do that. If you do that now, you burn guys out. That's when you lose Chapman in September. Exactly. And I think we had four straight starts of seven innings shut out. It was like the first time since like 1938, I think it was. Yeah, and then Tyone had five shutout. Yeah, I've never seen that before. That was the best week of Yankee pitching that I've ever seen. I mean, you got to go back to, I don't know, 2003. They had Clemens, Messina, and Pettit. That was the last time they had a really dominant rotation. But their their rotation looks great. I think we do have two aces with Cole and Kluber, and we might have another one on the way with Seve. So you can really start to daydream about how good this rotation can we be. We might have one on the way with Seve. We might have a setback in two weeks. It's a fucking <laughs> toss-up. I mean, we're talking about half a season of seven. Aces, man. I, do. I, I think we do. I think we do too. I think we do too. We've got a two-time Cy Young, and then we've got a, a you know a future Cy Young winner. I think Cole is going to get one at some point. Better fucking win it this year. Yeah. Um, Kluber might take it from him. Who knows? You know, Tyone. I think is good. I think Tyone has the possibility to be a, a very good major league starter. I'm not saying he's an ace. I think with Sevy at this point, though, we've got a. Let's have measured expectations. Let's not expect him to be the third ace. If he can come in and be a great number four starter, that's what we need right now. Give sure. him a full off season, and then be like, oh, does he, you know, when Kluber signs somewhere else, then how's he slot up to number two? For me, he's starting game three of the ALDS in an ideal world. I'm going Cole Kluber, Seve. If, if Seve's healthy and around, I mean, I know Montgomery had the seven shutout on Friday. I still don't trust him. I still don't trust Tyone. Herman, though, 3.05 ERA after winning 18 games in 2019. Another seven shutout for him. He's been unbelievable since coming back from Scranton. I, you know, I think the biggest thing that we've seen this year is like actual adjustments. You know, it's like yes. when pitching isn't going well, we're not just saying, well, try it again and see what happens. Like, I don't know if it's a credit to Matt Blake, if it's a change throughout the organization as a whole. Um, I, you know, I don't think it's Boone, uh, but we are seeing like things not going well. Oh, we can make adjustments and, you know, and make that happen. And now that we're seven, eight weeks in or whatever we are, this season just feels so different. I'm so used to winning 10 to eight. Nine to seven, you know, the offense bails us out and the starter goes four innings and allows three runs. And we're winning with pitching and defense now and it's really refreshing and the games go quicker. I kind of like this. I could get used to this. The quicker games is nice, but like the, you know, it's in two, three weeks, we'll be bitching again about something, you know? Sure. But it's been a lot of two nothing wins, three one wins, three two wins as opposed to ten to seven. Yeah. Which we're used to. Yeah. Especially getting through some of these games at a reasonable hour, especially the games in Texas. Where it's like we're already an hour behind these weekday games. Um, yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. Uh, and kind of coming out of, I think like the stars kind of aligned for us coming out of that losing Cole, losing the Cole game and then rattling off three. And then it's like, well, now we're going against the White Sox who have the best record in baseball, but they're eating themselves alive right now. And I like going into that series when, you know, it's, you know, we're supposed to like, do we take a step back or whatever? 
I was just like, you know, this is actually like perfect timing for us. You know, things are finally lining up for us. At the same time, I mean, we're still dealing with injuries. You know, we still our outfield is thrown together. <laughs> it really, it really is. But we did get, catch the White Sox at the perfect time. First of all, no Lucas Giolito, who's their ace. We missed him. Yep. And then you get them right after the dumpster fire with Larusa and the players kind of subtweeting about him and that whole disaster. You get them at home. Which is ideal, and yeah, you know the walk-off win Friday night was nice to get it. Yeah, you knew they were going to win the Cole game without facing Giolito, and they finished the series on Sunday, which was so key because it is such a different feeling if we would have been sitting here saying another one that got away, another sweep we could have, but to finish that series was huge. I had a buddy in town who's a Met fan. He is in town from New York, and you know I've got the games on. Like you know, it just kind of. Part of being in my house, even if I'm not necessarily sitting down like glued to the TV. It's on. It's just on every TV as you walk through my house, especially now with, um, you know, MLB TV and smart TVs. It's just boom. It's on the living room. It's in here. And the yesterday game, I was just like, ah, shit, here we go again. And he was like, what do you mean? You guys just won like five. I'm like, no, but like we can't finish series. Like we can't finish series. It's a serious problem. Um, and you know, it, He's just looking at me like, what are you talking about? Like, you just won six in a row, even if you were to lose this one. And I'm like, nope, we just, it's this one thing that we cannot do and we've got to figure it out. And it would have turned into a bigger narrative. And, and the thing that was going to bother me is everybody, like when Chapman blew the save, everybody was blaming him. And I'm thinking, this is the first fucking run this guy yes. allowed all year. Give this guy a pass. The guy, you know, hit a great pitch, great homer. Give him a pass. It's the only run. And I'm really glad that they bailed him out in the bottom of the ninth because he's bailed out the rest of the sh- you know shitty yeah. for the first three, four weeks of the season. Well, that's it. I mean, he's in a, he's in a prime spot. So we expect. You know, the guy's having the best season of his career and it's like, well, if he doesn't do that, why? I was waiting for like, for the, not the boo birds, but just like Twitter to be like, what the fuck? It's the same thing when like Green blew a game a couple weeks ago. Yes. Like, it's gonna happen. No one's finishing with a zero ERA. And yes, some, maybe with a three run lead, he gives up a run, but sometimes it's gonna happen with one run. Sometimes the guy's gonna get lucky and run into one, which was, Exactly like when I forget who hit the home run off Chapman because I don't I only remember Jose Abreu and Danny Mendick. That's the only guy I remember on the White Sox. Yeah. Um is I was just like this guy looks so overmatched because he was pinch hitting and he's just like yeah, a regular a plain looking white dude. I was like, Jesus Christ, you got you're in trouble, buddy. And then he muscled one out. Yeah, I think he crushed it like 430, 440. But yeah, no, it was a good, it was good to finish that series. And they did a good job finishing the Texas series too, you know, winning that Thursday game two to nothing. So good to see them finish the series. That would have been a tough, it's tough narrative. So nice, especially with like the work from home world that we're in now to have a Thursday two o'clock game. I was off on Friday. I took Friday off. So it was like, Ooh, okay, my day is ending. This is like they won the game. I think at, like minutes before I had to walk out the do- door to take my daughter to swim class. Now it's the weekend. Like it was just an overall like, oh, I needed this. I couldn't have dealt with a Thursday loss at like 445. It, it, it's some, in some ways it does make it worse when they lose that, that getaway day game. Cause you're like, oh, there's no game tonight. Now I gotta wait till tomorrow night. It kind of ruins your work day. And I know this wasn't on our, our agenda or anything like that, but Odor comes back on Tuesday. They're six and zero since he comes back. I know he's hitting one seventy. This guy clearly is providing some sort of Todd Frazier esque spark. He has I like say. he has five hits, and they all are like 
you know, give us the lead. Yeah, I think there's a certain level of swagger to him. There's a certain level of intensity. Plus, like, I love that he came back to face his old team, then left, and then came back again because his wife gave birth. And I didn't read too much into it. Like, I heard, you know, his wife gave birth the night before. He had, like, two hits and, you know, his wife went to labor. I wonder if it worked out where, like, like, does his wife still live in, like, was, you know, is his maybe wife still it did, in Arlington? Yeah, maybe it was right down the, the street or something. Yeah, in Arlington. Who knows? You know, because headed into the season, that's where we live. Now, maybe you come to New York or – but it's a lot of traveling late in the pregnancy at this point, you know. So was she – you know, you already maybe have a support system there. You have other kids. So you already have a doctor. Like that might have worked out great for him where he just, hey, popped over, sleep in my own bed. Now I'm back. Perfect timing. And he was flashing in the field too. You could tell he was kind of fired up to be back there. And yeah, the guy plays with intensity. On yesterday's game, a ball went into the dugout, you know, when the White Sox threw it into the dugout and he came sprinting out of the dugout to congratulate whoever scored. The guy's like a kind of like a little fire plug, little energizer bunny. And I think he, you know, they needed some of that. And like he's, he's got a couple errors, but I think like when he makes an error, he's angry at himself where I feel like when like Glaber was having troubles earlier in the season, he's angry at the situation. Yes, yes. And Glaber gets sad. He is the sad puppy dog. And like yeah. anyone, I'm just using him as an example. Yeah, like a lot yeah. of the guys on the team, there's been like real attitude problems, maturity problems, I feel like. Not necessarily even problems, but just like it's a, a hurdle to get over. It is. And for and with Clint, what I've noticed in the field, he kind of does that like smile when he fucks up. It's kind of like a smirk, which I kind of He has hate. a villainous mouth yes yes because it's just like one side doesn't really open yeah i guess that's part of it yeah it always looks like a smirk he looks like a bad guy he yeah looks like a villain and that's what it is i mean you got red hair like things happen like that but yeah no I, you know odor i don't know you know what it is and like don't get me wrong like when the playoff you know game one of the playoffs dj's playing second base but as DJ's being versatile and moving moving around or, you know, we're – we got to get in Duhar out of the field. So let's move Tyler Wade out there who's piecing together some decent outfield work. Can't hit for shit. But, you know, we're – you know, Odor gives us some flexibility there to move guys around when we need to. He does, and Wade made a great play in right field. I think it was in the ninth inning to help save the the no-hitter, and then he made a great play in left field last night. He's a good defensive replacement to kind of stick in there. That's a good step. Like that's a big thing that you can you can make up for experience and by getting a good first step and just putting yourself in a position to be athletic. Yeah, and he's done that, and they have been a little bit banged up. They survived Glaber being out. They survived Stan being out. They went eight and two in the ten games that Stanton missed. Anybody would have signed up for that in a second. That that's awesome. And then he's expected to ideally be activated at the start of the Blue Jay series on Tuesday. If you told me the Yankees could go six and four when Stanton was out, I would have signed up for it instantly. <laughs> like no question. <laughs> like, are you sure? I would have thought I was getting a deal. No, we both would have signed up for that. One of the reasons they were able to do that is because Aaron Judge is on fire. Love uh, my guy. Yeah, your guy always been always been supportive of him. 458 over his past 15 games. He's hitting 308 overall. He's never hit 300 in his career. I don't expect him to continue that, but that's awesome. And he's got 12 bombs. They're DHing him a little bit, but clearly that's keeping him fresh, and, and I'm cool with the system. Got to DH him some. I mean, that's, we, we said that from the beginning. I mean, the real problem, like with our lineup and with our roster 
is Stanton, but there's just nothing we can do about that. It's one of those things, nothing we can do about, you know, because it clogs it up. Unfortunately, with the quad injury, I don't think we're going to see the flexibility to like, oh, maybe we will get Stanton out there for a couple games. I don't see it happening, not anytime soon. If he goes out there and he plays, you know, over the next 50 games, he takes two days off, three days off for like, you know, regular, hey, we're just getting a day off here. And then they say, all right, we're getting into August. We need to start thinking about October. Maybe we play him a couple innings here and there. I'd like to see that, but, you know, I don't think – hell, I would even take a day where you were normally going to sit Stanton, play him three innings to start the game, and then, you know, pinch run for him. That's not a bad idea, and then just bring in – On like a getaway home. day, on like a yeah. Thursday. And it's funny, it was running through my brain. I always try to think about in terms of what games I'm going to. And obviously we have the Philly games coming up. I'm thinking like, oh, Stan will be back for those. And I'm like, oh, wait, he can't play because it's a National League park. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you when you get into that part of the schedule, it's tough. But you would have to think in a World Series game in a National League park, he's playing left field. So like you said, August, September, got to start to ramping up. But then you're at the risk of him getting injured before the playoffs. So you really got to be careful. And I don't have any faith that they know what they're doing with this whole injury management thing. Just kind of got to pray with him. No, I mean, I think Judge, the issue with Judge for me has always been the injuries. It's been the injuries. And there's been a little bit of like – the attitude, you know, he knows that he's a star. If he could stay healthy and stay on the field and get his, and you know, maybe it's him, maybe Boone deserves some of the blame because like you don't need to tell the media it was a tough flight from Cleveland. Yeah, that's, he really threw him on the You know, like that, those things are tough. If you just say like, ah, he's a little banged up. It's no big, you know, it's no big deal. He came in a little hobbled. Like that, I think gets us back to the side of, we're worried about you. It's a difference between you could go 0 for 4 uh, and we're worried like, hey, are you, are you, you know, slipping? Uh, 0 for 4 and we're booing you. Those are two, you know, you go 0 for 4 with four pop-outs versus 0 for 4 with four strikeouts. Those are two different 0 for 4s. Same way needing a day is a little different. Came up a little tight. Tough flight from Cleveland. Two different situations. It reminded me of in 2019 spring training when Hicks hurt his back and Boone was like, yeah, we were on a 45-minute bus ride yesterday, so we think his back started acting up there. I'm like, that is the most embarrassing thing you could ever say about somebody. Yeah, a professional athlete too. Like if that happened to me, if you're just like, yeah, if I was like, yeah, yeah, Nick, I was just somewhere. I drove 45 minutes. My back's a little sore. I'm going to do this one from the couch. You'd be like, I get it. You're fat and old. (laughs) Aaron Hicks is supposed to be the center fielder for the Yankees. He was supposed to be. He is apparently going to have surgery on that wrist, which we said two weeks ago. As soon as he went on the I.L., this guy isn't fucking playing again this year. Boone pretty much said he's out for the year. Doesn't change anything for me. As soon as he went on the I.L., I had already braced for this. Like, you know, so where are we on Florial? I think he's like three for 20 since coming up to Triple A. Yeah, it's like <laughs> – it hasn't been necessarily great so far. You know, I think we all got like, all right, we'll keep moving. Yeah, he's uh five for twenty nine, not as one seventy two. But yeah, not I mean, great. between double A AA and triple A, let's make it clear, he's still only batting two hundred three. Yeah, not great. But Six we have home time. runs, but that's not what we're we looking for for him. Yeah. Let him figure it out. Send someone down there to work with him, whatever it is that we need to be. But it's it's very obvious that our needs have shifted 
from do we need to trade for a shortstop to we need an outfielder. Painfully obvious. And Gardy's kind of been holding it down for the past two weeks or so. You hope he can basically hold it down until the deadline or until they call Flory up. And, and Gardy traditionally is a guy that kind of gets off to a good start and fades at the end. Gardy, just give me two more good months of play in center field, and then you never have to step on the field again. Like, just you're a stopgap at this point. Yeah, I mean, it's just when you look out there in the outfield and you're just like, who the fuck do we even have out there? I mean, Ryan Lemaire, he's hurt. <laughs> He fits right in. He played for three games and hurt his hamstring. Yeah, I was just like, oh, one of us, one of us. Because like now Glaber's having a better season than Trevor Story. He was number one in defensive run saved as of like two weeks ago. Who would have thought? Definitely yeah. not me. Yeah, so, you know, the do we go after like a Jock Peterson? They could be. what sh- intern Dan suggested. You know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see. Another name that, I mean, I haven't checked. I'm just, you know, I'm. Flying by the seat of my pants here. What's up with Yasiel Puig? How's he doing in Mexico? I think he's still got those some sort of personal allegations. He beat somebody up or something. Wait, what? Yeah, I Did think I that's part this? of the reason he's unsigned. Yeah. Ah, uh, he uh, he only debuted in Mexico two days ago. Okay. I thought they. I don't think they're strict on personal conduct. But they were talking about like him signing there forever ago. Like. I don't know when the Mexican League starts, but I thought it was a while ago. I thought we'd have 20 games of, like, oh, he had three hits, a run, and an RBI in his first game. But I feel like I could do that in the Mexican League, too. Yeah, probably. Give you a couple couple swings. Yeah. Although he can't play center field anyway, so it's kind of a... Kind of a moot point. I, I don't know if Benintendi can. I don't know. For some reason, I'm fixated on Benintendi. I don't know if it's just because I want to stick it to Red Sox fans and have him in pinstripes. But the idea of Benintendi on the Yankees is very enticing to me. I think Benny played some. He played a lot of left field because they had Jackie Bradley Jr. So. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it's just – it's obvious that we need to make a move. And, again, I feel like I say this every year about this team. Like, it's up to the players what move we make. Go out there and show Cashman we're one piece away. If you're if you're th- two big pieces away, that's when you end up going out there and getting you know Lance Lynn, <laughs> and not this and not Lance Lynn of last year. I'm talking like 2018 Lance Lynn, shitty Lance Lynn. One year too early. But I think this is pretty clear cut. If they think Florio can come up and hit 250 and play good defense, they'll call him up. And if they don't, they're going to trade for somebody. I, I think this is a fairly clear cut situation if you're Brian Cashman. Yeah. If we get a center fielder that will hit 250, draw some walks, can run, and just can run to the fly balls in the outfield. Because that's the other thing is, I mean, Judge is a, a very good defensive outfielder. Clint found his way into a gold glove nomination, but you know, we, we know it can be hit or miss with him. And Aaron Hicks has been jogging all year. Brett Gardner is a great defensive outfielder, but he's older and he's gonna, it's gonna slow down. It does. He's gonna wear down. Yes. We know that's coming. And that's not even a knock of like, this guy can't play anymore. Like this guy just can't play 162 anymore. Um, we need an outfielder that's going to take control of the outfield. Like, and not even I'm saying Florio's going to come up and be the captain of the team or even captain of the outfield, but we need a center fielder who can go out there, call guys off, who can narrow where Judge has to think about chasing down balls or diving or going into the wall, where Clint 
you know, that ball that Clint's diving for in the gap that eventually he's going to break a rib on. Florio's camped under it. Like, that's what we need. Exactly. Something like that. We need a defense first center fielder that's going to put the ball in play. We have enough home run hitters. We have enough guys that hit extra base hits. We need an elite defensive center fielder that's going to put the bat on the ball occasionally, as far as I'm concerned, and hit ninth. Yeah. Bat eighth, bat ninth. DJ gets a day off. Maybe we give you a shot at leadoff, you know, see what you could do out there speed wise. But that's, you know, that's really what we're missing is kind of a dynamic athlete in the field. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We do miss that. What do you? What have you thought of Andujar so far in left? I, th- I think he's looked okay. I mean, he's looked okay. That's great. Uh, you know, and you can win a World Series with an okay outfielder. But I think for where this team is, like how close we are, and especially with some of the injuries he's had just over time, you know, uh, you know, he's kind of always got nagging stuff. You can never ha- be too ready for you know to have another option. Especially if there are like all-star options out there. It's just too, too early to figure out who's going to be out there and what injuries could happen over the next, you know, month. And it's so funny how unpredictable baseball is. Who would have thought in March that we'd be sitting here at the end of May going, you know what? This team needs an outfielder. <laughs> like, yeah, it was the thing. It was the thing that we apparently had too many of. You know, Cashman's got the quote. I got too many outfielders. We always look at it as a strength of the team. And now we got a skeleton squad out there. Yeah. I mean, but I still don't – I'm not necessarily upset with the the Talkman trade because like Peralta's someone has awesome. – Yeah, Peralta's been very good. Someone had to get traded and I think trading Clint Frazier for Peralta would not have been a good move. No, not long term. Now, what about Clint for Ben, for ben and Tendi? Is that – Something that you think in play. Ben Benintendi's only got one more year of control after this year, so Clint's got three. So there's a difference. But I mean, who would you rather have on the? On yeah, the like I, Yankees? you know, I don't think we're getting a like a haul for Clint of like we're going to get these prospects we have forever. I think it's like, hey, we're going to trade Clint with like three years of control left. Give us someone who's under who's got a year and a half left, and you guys see if you could turn him around. If that's the move. And if you're the Royals, and I guess I just consider the Royals always to be rebuilding. I have no idea what their record is. But I, I think if I was a small market team, I'd rather have three years of Clint than one year of Benintendi if I was trying to build something. And then we just basically replace Clint with Benintendi. He's a lefty, a little bit better defensively. I just think it makes a lot of sense. Who knows how negotiations will go. You brought up the Talkman 
Peralta trade. I don't know if you caught this on the broadcast yesterday, but Cohn had said that Cashman was asked, I guess by a fan in a suite, you know, if he regretted the Talkman trade. By Joe's McFly. Yes, yes, by, by Joe's McFly. If he were, if he, you know, regretted the Talkman trade right after Hicks got hurt and he basically responded and said, well, have you seen Juan D. Peralta pitch? Cause the guy has really only had one bad, one bad game for us so far. Yeah, he's got a 160 ERA. I mean, Here's the thing. Talkman went out there and had, what, he went like three for five or four for five in his first game and they won and he had the game over. He's, he's batting 211. <laughs> he's yeah. batting 211 in, and it feels like the trade just happened. 22 games he's played there. He only played 11 games for the Yankees this year. He's played double the amount of games for the Giants this year already. I guess he's there, he's their everyday left fielder. And they have little, they have Yastrzemski's grandson too, right? People have mentioned him. Yeah. But the Giants have a good record. Why would they sell off pieces? Do they have a good record? Yeah, I think they do. Huh. I think maybe they're just like, I think they're actually, they're like a surprise of a team now. Oh, for for sure. Um, And we've talked about how Britain, you know, we've gotten by without him and we haven't really noticed that he's not there. And I think one of the biggest reasons for that is the Peralta trade because he's another lefty that you can bring in at any time of the game. He throws 95. He gets ground balls. It's been awesome. Yeah, he's a good – yeah, so the Giants are – they're a third-place team at 28 and 19. Okay, so yeah, they're they're nine games over. But like, yeah, I mean they're playing in that NL West, so they're just going up against the Dodgers and the, the Padres. We're 29 and 19 too. We have less of a mountain to climb because uh, I guess the Rays played during the day today and won, so we're a game back of them first and the Red Sox are in between. But the Red Sox are going to fade. We're going to get to play the Red Sox in you know a week and a half. We get to kind of, you know, push them down, but it, you know, it's going to be us in the race as we thought. But again, you know, it's very easy to be like, well, you know, why do we trade Talkman whenever this, but you can't have seven outfielders on your major league roster hoping for injuries. You have to put faith in them. And it's like, uh, was Michael Eisner? I forget who it was the guy, someone who ran Disney at some point. Someone asked about like, oh, well, you didn't do this. You didn't do this. There's like movies they passed on and stuff. It's like, don't judge me on the things that I didn't do. Judge me on like the decisions that I made. And so you can't judge Cashman on what Talkman may have done or what he's doing for the Giants. Like we got to judge on what Peralta's doing. And so far it's good. Yeah. You make decisions with the, the most information that you have at the time and you move forward. And that's what he did. So that, that, I think, I still think that trade's working out. And speaking of Britain, he's going to throw a bullpen today. He's going to start a rehab assignment later this week. Uh, Boone said he needs five appearances. Um, and that should take about two weeks. So first week of June, we should see him in Philly. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, go out provided, you know, no setbacks. Cause I know he had like a, a minor setback, but ended up being fine. Uh, fucking raised one in the 11th. Fuck I him. saw that. Yeah. Fuck 11 in a, 11 in a row for them. Uh, fucking cocksuckers. Using up all their, using up all their shit early. They're gonna run out of wins. Um, what were we talking about? The Rays got in my head. I hate them. Uh, Britain coming back. Yeah, Britain, yeah. So, you know, you figure next week he's gonna start. Yeah. Yeah. So, you give him, yeah, five. That's, you know, every other day. And he's not yeah, even he said like no back to backs. Yeah. He's not in going to be in high leverage situations. Like sometimes to be like, Oh, great. Hey, Zach, go or whatever it is. However, it aligns when he's going to come back. 
Like he's going to end up pitching like the third inning so he can get out of Scranton early. You're telling me it's not going to be based on the situation of the minor league yeah. <laughs> game at the time. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's a tie game. Well, they're, they're always going to find, you know, a way to get him in is, is, is more what I mean. But yeah, no, that's I mean. a good point. I am a moron. <laughs> so, yeah, they'll, they'll predetermine whatever games he's going to play and he'll, he'll come in. So, yeah, we should see him in Philly. We should see Stanton back. Ideally, I guess Stanton will get one at bat per game in the Philly series because he'll just pinch hit whenever we take the pitcher out in both of those games, you would think. Yeah, provided it all aligns. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, I mean... Knowing Boone, he'll use Mike Ford because it's facing a righty or something. Yeah, it'll be some dumb shit like that. I mean, in the Phillies, you know, it's weird, like, getting back into, like, keeping up what's going on with other teams. I mean, the Phillies are... They're below 500, but they're in second place. So, like, they still have something to fight for. They, and they always, as somebody that has grown up in Philly, around Philly fans my whole life, the Phillies are going garbage to get up people. For this oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. No, a lot, a lot of them are, but they are going to get up. Like, this is the World Series for them. The Yankees come to town. It's everything's Yankees suck. They get really into it. Like, this is it for them. Yes, this is a, a great city to be hated in. <laughs> and that, like, the way the scheduling works out too, to give us a four o'clock Saturday with no Friday night game, I don't know what else may be going on down at like at the the stadium. I mean, the the Sixers could be playing. Like the Sixers could have a playoff game that night or that day. Like it could be very rowdy down there. Oh, it could especially yeah, especially on a Saturday at four. And yeah, they're they're going to get up for this. I don't understand why it isn't just a three game series. I guess oh, because they're doing two. We play them twice at Yankee Stadium, I think, in July or something. So they're just doing a two and two split. I would have rather just had three in a row here. Yeah, I mean, I think they're having a Friday off day. I think they're trying to get like with last year being thrown off. Maybe they're just trying to like you know make it so more teams are seeing each other in other cities instead of because there was a drought between. The Phillies playing in New York, that was like six years. Like it went like, it went terribly long, if not longer than that. Where it was like, God damn it, I can't get to a game, you know, in a city that I know. So. I remember that. I believe it was actually 26, 20, 2006 to 2018. I don't think they were here. Yeah, aside from the World it's, Series. Yeah, it was like that. Yeah, yeah, aside from the World Series. Do you think they will stay over Friday night or do you think they'll just say fucking come down in the morning? Where are they coming? Are they at home on Thursday? They are coming from Minnesota. They play in Minnesota that Thursday, yes. Yeah, then they travel on Friday. Okay. Maybe they travel on Thursday. It may be a situation where they say for Minnesota – is it a night game? I don't know the schedule. Minnesota, I believe, is a Thursday night, yeah. I so you say. get out of that game. What's the point of going back to a hotel? Like you're already – you know, you're up from the game. Yeah. Get on the plane, have a couple drinks on the plane, fly into Philly, give them a day in Philly. Go get a cheesesteak. Have lunch with us. Yeah. Please hang out with us. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, then you just kind of like keep it moving. And then, you know, Saturday, you don't have to get up early. It's almost, you know, it's like by flying in on Thursday night, you're instead of an off day, they're getting like an off day and a half. Yeah, I kind of like that idea to just don't go home. But at the same time, do they want to go home, get get comfortable, you know, enjoy the perks of home for a day? I don't, you don't give them that option. Yeah. Because you got to keep the team – because we're getting into, like, you know, it's getting hot. You got to keep the team together. You got to keep team, you know, momentum. You want to – you're going to drop – listen, we are 
we're not out of this pandemic, right? Like the pandemic's still technically going. There's still risk. Obviously, we just saw that with Glaber and, and all that. You're going to drop these guys in New York City with a free fucking right. night, a free Friday night? You're right. Go straight to Philly. Yeah, go straight you, to Philly. Philly. Let all the bars close at 2. Like, yeah. Get out of here. So yeah, coming here Saturday at four, Sunday at one. I really, really want to sweep that. That would be awesome. It's, it's very clear cut expectations. We split. I'm pissed. We sweep. I'm thrilled. Yeah, I mean, you'll get angry very early. Like I, at that point, I got to see like where we're. So many things could happen with this team. Like you just know, you know. Yeah. So who knows who's going to be on the team? Who's our starting outfield by then? Yeah. <laughs> who's on the IL? Yeah. So it's tough to look that far ahead, but it's like something we can really look forward to. Like, you know, when they come here, it's great. When they came here in 2018, I'm sure. Did you go to all the games? Oh, yeah. Yeah, like I went to all three. It was – I actually like – I had quit my job and I took that week off in between jobs because I was like, yeah, I'm just going to go and like – Perfect. I'm going to go and enjoy life. I had like these ideas. That I was like going to know a ton of people who like want to go to every game and get wasted. I think I had over the three games, I probably had like four drinks, like nothing crazy at all. But I yeah, was ready. similar. But it's awesome because we. I mean, I don't know about you. I sat fifteen rows back for you know forty or fifty bucks. That ticket at Yankee Stadium is three hundred dollars, and it was forty five dollars here. Yeah. Well, don't get me started with that. So, all right, let's uh, just fucking complain about Philadelphia yeah. for a little bit. All right. This, so much like New York, I'm sure a lot of our listeners are in New York. Philly, very urban. Pennsylvania as a whole, very rural. So we're playing on different rules in terms of reopening than the rest of the state. Just because like if you're in the middle of Pennsylvania, you could probably all just kiss each other on the mouth if you're vac- – like you're only seeing four people a week. The city you're <laughs> on top of, you know, we're all on top of each other. Yeah. So they have scheduled it. The Phillies only sold tickets until June 10th. The Yankees get here on June 12th. And they didn't put any tickets on sale. It's like very obvious that, hey, we're trying to maximize what we're trying to get out of, um, you know, capacities growing. So now as we sit here on Monday night recording this podcast, individual game tickets go on sale tomorrow morning for these series. Capacity goes up from 11,000 to 16,000. Now I'm a man of means and I've been talking about getting a suite because also I didn't know coming out of COVID, you know, what's going on. Like I, I, if I can keep things restrained to, you know, not the rest of the mouth breathers of this city, I am gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna do that. So I've been trying to get a suite for a while. And they, oh, we don't really have the information yet. Oh, we're waiting. I've talked to like nine jerk-offs who work for the Phillies. <laughs> and then they told me last year, like, you know, before the season started, like, hey, we might do a thing where like in order to buy a suite, you've got to buy a suite to two other games. I was like, good luck with that. Like that's going to go over terribly. So I've been going back and forth with this one dude who works there. And he just never has any information. And so finally on Friday, I was like, hey, what's the deal? Like, tickets go on sale on Tuesday and you have no information. He's like, oh, well, we'll be hoping to have it. And I run back to him and I go, I feel like I'm trying to spend a fucking lot of money with you and you have no goddamn answers. 
his boss emailed me very quickly and was just like, hey, here's the boom. Here's what's going on. Then this guy emailed me and gave me the wrong information. So they sent out an email on Friday. Group email. Everyone's BCC'd. Let me just double check everyone's BCC'd. Otherwise, I'm about to get real violent in this fucking chain. Um, yes, they did BCC. Fuck. And essentially, they said, here's the deal. Here are the suites we have. For the 12th and 13th for the Yankees, we've got the Hall of Fame Club, we've got corporate party suites, we've got the all-star suite, MVP suite, all these fucking different things. And here's the prices. Here's what it gets you. Here's also the rest of the schedule. So you're going to have to pick out three games. Tell me what you want, and you got to have it to me by Monday. So this is on Friday. <laughs> said flat out, how did he fucking word this? Because I was like, you are a jerk. Reply this email by EOB Monday, May 24th to provide your top three choices of date, facility, expected <laughs> guest count, so we may address your needs. For example, I want <laughs> da da da, like all this stuff. And I just wrote back this morning. Hey, thanks for reaching out. I'm not interested in any additional games because I'm not a Phillies fan. But if single-game suites become available before I buy tickets, I would be interested. He emailed me back in three minutes, literally three minutes. I said this at 10.36, 10.39. Thanks for the note. Quick update. We are able to relax the three-game <laughs> requirement, which means nobody – is fucking buying at this thing. Nobody's like, yeah, let me get all these things. And he was like, give me your top two, three choices. And I just wrote back to him. I want this specific suite for the four o'clock game. Let me know, or I'm just going to buy tickets. So we're waiting. And what time did you send that? Uh, I sent it 20 minutes after he sent me. So it was about 11 a.m. So if you sent that at 11 a.m. and we're sitting here at 630, uh, I'm well, thinking so about Well, so I had missed that it was by close of business today. So right now they're probably going through and seeing like – they probably over the weekend were like we have no influx. Like it's clear that this isn't going to sell out you know, in this manner. Let's see what we have. And who knows? They may have a season ticket holder or someone who's got a package who like – if it comes down to me or a person who has a package, you should sell it to the person who normally buys more from you. I'm not going to buy more Phillies tickets ever. Maybe bark at the park. I like bark at the park. But but like that's it. That's all that's going to happen. So I'm waiting. And if not, and tickets go on sale at like 10 a.m. tomorrow, I'm just going to buy. Because they also did for individual. There was an early access too. I saw Rose in the like Facebook she got in. or whatever. No, she didn't. I don't think she didn't buy tickets because they were doing that too. Like you can early buy tickets, but you have to buy to another game too. Dude, it's such a slap in the face. Why the fuck would I want to go to a Phillies Pirates game? And Jamie actually brought up the point. She was like, do you think they only want Phillies fans in the suites? But I was like, that doesn't make sense, does it? Like, why would they care? No, no, no. That can't be the reason. No, they're just trying to, like, all right. Philadelphia's been hit economically hard. The whole world has been hit. When you look at Yankee Stadium, it's in New York. A lot of businesses are headquartered there. A lot of entertaining goes on there. You know, when you watch a Phillies game, you don't get the same vibe from the crowd. So I would imagine, yes, there are businesses here. Philadelphia is a great little town. But you're not selling out all your suites for, like, corporate engagements. Like, So now you've got a lot more everyday fans and those everyday people – have struggled through a year and a half of some not working, some working, people not talking to each other because some people, you know, 
don't live in reality. And then at the same time, Philly is a sure city. Philadelphia is empty after Memorial Day every weekend. Yes, yes. So, yes, go into the Phils, them fightings. That's got to be great <laughs> for some people. But if I am some, you know, I, I live in Northeast Philly or whatever, and I love seeing the fightings, but I could go down the Wildwood. I'm going to go down the Wildwood. So accurate. I mean, that's what it is. It's like, yeah. oh, I'm going to go down the Wildwood. I got to check this girl's ID before I bring her home. She might be here for senior week. But, like, I don't have hundreds of dollars to spend at the Phillies. I'm going to go down to my Meemaw's house down in Wildwood. And people with money are going to Stone Harbor and Avalon yeah. and the other one. People yeah. want to get out of the city. People don't necessarily want to stick around. I think it's going to be a lot more Yankee fans because there's just more buying opportunity. And all the people that live in Central Jersey, North Jersey, really easy for easy them. Easy trip. Easy trip. Like it's not a commitment of like coming up, especially for a four o'clock game on a Saturday. Yeah, you don't need to stay over. Friday you need to save night your whole game. You're tougher. home before 10 o'clock. Yeah, Friday night games can be a little tougher. Yeah. Sunday games sometimes. But yeah, Saturday at four, that, that's a joke. So we should see a big influx of Yankee fans. But yeah, it's annoying and it reminds me, you know, pre-pandemic when we were trying to get opening day tickets in Baltimore 2020 and the Orioles wanted you to buy a five-game package in order to get opening day. It's like this is such a slap in the face. And I understand dy- dynamic pricing. I understand paying more to go to a Saturday Yankee game. But don't start fucking telling me to buy other games on the schedule. Like that is so asinine to me. Yeah. Just charge me more because yeah. let me tell you, for a Hall of Fame deck suite, it's $2,800 for the Yankees game. That gets you 16 people, right? Okay. Those same suites for, you know, if I wanted to go say like tomorrow or whatever are 1500 for 10 tickets. So – Almost double the price for less than double the tickets. But hey, you know, it's the Yankees. We're going to get our money. Yeah, and people in – the thing, if, if you don't live here, the people in Philly, like they, they like the Phillies, but it's all Eagles here. Like if, if the Phillies aren't r- racing to the World Series, yes. nobody really gives a shit. They're not selling out. They're very secondary. I came to Philly – 2005 was my first like Phillies season here. Yeah. I probably went and I just I've always loved baseball and I'm you know poor college kid. I went to I want to say like 12 games that year. Never paid a dime, never sat more than 15 rows from the field cuz no one gave a shit. 2006, I remember they made the playoffs. I think it was 2006 for the first time, they ended up losing the Rockies and I was sitting in the living room of my frat house and they won, they clinched and then everyone turned to me and goes, "So what happens next?" <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? It's playoffs. You know, you got to play in the, you know, you got to play in the playoffs. And they were like, no, no, but like, how do tickets work? Like, how do you get tickets to playoff games? And I was like, oh, you guys have just have never done this before. And if you think about it, like, they've got, they resigned Real Muto. They've got Harper, like, Harper, they haven't made the playoffs. Like, they're no. not necessarily, like, a great team. Longest playoff drought in the NL, actually. Really? Yeah. Damn. Second in baseball behind the Mariners. Yeah, it's been since 2011 when they had Holiday, Oswald, Hamels, and I'm fr- 
Cliff Lee. Yeah. Big four. But yeah, for me growing up in Philly, like, I don't know, I was in school. Nobody ever cared at all. The Eagles were really good in the early 2000s with McNabb. And then in 2007, all of a sudden I'm seeing all these Philly shirts in October. Yeah. Phillies had something. None of you guys ever even mentioned the Phillies. Like it was the biggest turn. And then they sold out every game for like four years in a row. They broke like the major league sellout streak and then everybody immediately stopped caring. There's such a big influx. Like it really fluctuates how much people care. It's crazy. I remember exactly where I was standing when Ryan Howard hit that ground ball to end their season and fucking rolled up his Achilles. And I was like, it's over. The party's over, guys. You're done with baseball here. It, it was clear. Yeah, I remember that too. But but no, it's, so that that pisses us off. We'll be there regardless. We're going to have a great time regardless. But it, it is annoying. And look, we're what 14 hours away from – Tickets going on sale. And Can I say something Something that, I don't know, maybe people aren't going to like about Phillies fans? Oh, God, hit me. Roy Holiday only played there for four years. All life is precious. It's terrible that he died. But get, come on. You're going to retire a guy's number for four years? He played 12 years in Toronto. He was a Blue Jay. He was a Blue Jay as far as, as I was concerned. Yes. Yeah, he won a Cy Young. He threw a perfect game in the playoffs. Didn't win a World Series. You're going to get me rambling now. I hate Cliff Lee. I could not stand when they had him and he was carving us up. Couldn't yep. stand him. Uh, they, everybody here, you know, it's funny about Phillies fans. They'll say, Oh, Derek Jeter's so overrated, yada, yada, yada. But Chase Utley's a Hall of Famer. It's like, if you look up a uh, hypocrisy in the dictionary, that's that. Like Chase Utley's the greatest player ever, but Derek Jeter's overrated. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of we hate Phillies. So we're just fired up because they won't sell us tickets yet. We are. Let's not get ahead of ourselves, though, because we're going to a much more important game before that, and that is the first Yankees-Red Sox game of the season on a Friday, Friday night. night, which is always the loudest crowds, which we know are Friday yeah. night games. Oh, yeah, yeah, There's a lot of pent-up frustration. Um, also, I think there's, uh, you know, on a Friday, getting out of work, and who knows, you know, work's obviously different now, so it's not as many people coming from the office, there's people from home, maybe they've been in their apartment all week, like you're not getting as much social interaction, so I think there's going to be a real good energy for that. Um, I also think the weekend, because the weekend after Memorial Day, I feel like a lot of people, especially in like cities, younger people, people in their, you know, early, mid-20s, even, you know, into their 30s, go hard Memorial Day weekend. Like you have a big plan. You have a house. We got a house for the weekend. Maybe not for the summer. We got it for like for that week, wherever it may be. It may be this week that you, or you get it Saturday, whatever it is. Yeah. But that's over by like, hey, we're back. You know, people, not as many people are fleeing the city the second weekend. It should be awesome. Maybe I'm taking a team's call on my cell phone in your car at 430. You know, whatever go. you have to do to get on the road and get up there. Let's do it. My wife's one request. She was like, don't drink too much because you're driving. And I was like, I'm not going to drink at all. I'm driving. Like I'll have a beer early in the game. Like what are we talking about? She goes, I don't know. You get excited. You know, Nick gets worked up. You get, who knows what will <laughs> happen with you guys? You know, Nick gets worked up. There is a difference between driving, you know, 10 minutes home from a local bar or restaurant or driving two hours home from the Bronx. It's very different. Yeah, I also have a kid, so I can't drink and drive anymore. I used to do a lot in in college. It's not good. Don't do it. But, yeah, no, I can't. Do I imagine explaining to my in-laws I got a DUI? <laughs> Fuck no. Can't do it. That's the thing. That's really the only reason. And, you know, it's the weekend. You get locked up for the whole weekend. It happens. What do you think happens this week? We got three at home against the Blue Jays. Then we're in Detroit for three more against the Tigers. 
So the Blue Jays are fading fast. Yeah. Which is nice. It's what I needed. It's just like, hey, you know, they're five and a half games back. You know, they're just a 500 team. This could be, this presents an opportunity for us to really, like, it's, you know, we keep talking about you've got, you know, your foot on their throat, end it. You go in there and you get a sweep. I mean, you're really putting them far back, you know, early in the season, which is good. You got it. Let's go get, I'm happy. Let's go get two out of three and then let's go sweep Detroit. Ups. Five and one is obviously yeah. the goal this week. Whenever you have Detroit on the schedule, but yeah, uh, you look at Kluber, Herman, Montgomery. I'm penciling in Kluber and Herman as wins yes. against the Blue Jays, and then you know you see what happens with Gumby, and then for Detroit it lines up Cole, Tyone, Kluber, two at the absolute minimum, and you want to sweep that. So I think five and one is very in play this week, and I'll, I'll probably be a little disappointed if they go four and two. What if we what if we go five and one, but we lose the Cole start? <laughs> okay. five, five and one, five and one. That'd be fun. It'd be funny. Um, back? That's what I'm trying to look up right now. He, he's been on the IL pretty much. He's been like on and off. Like he tried to come back, and then I don't know. I don't know his situation. Because that would make that would make a big def, uh, difference. I saw Vlad Jr. hit two homers today. He's been killing it. But yeah, they they don't really have any pitching. They have a bad bullpen. I mean, I think also they've been playing like they were down in Tampa this week. Where wherever they play, Dundian. I can't wait. You always fuck that. I can't wait to not fucking say that anymore. Um, yeah. So they've been playing down there. Like, hey, you gotta come play in a major league ballpark now. Let's see what happens, boys. You guys are going to Buffalo. So per Keegan Matheson, who has a blue check mark and an obnoxious beard, uh, George Springer is improving and will go on the road with the Blue Jays. His timeline is still unclear, though. Until improvement and prog- progression turn into sprinting, that won't change. So I don't think he's playing against us. That was six hours ago. I also would like – you're kind of always on the road, <laughs> like when you're yeah, the right. Blue Jays right now. Like, wait, No, I'm going to stay down here in Dunedin. I saw a stat. Their last game in Toronto was whatever, September 25th, 2019. It was just like, holy shit. Like, I guess that's true, but that is crazy. And it's so wild because it's totally changed from, you know, why they wouldn't let fucking Americans into Canada the way we've been handling it. So they're just have like, no, no one's vaccinated there. Yeah. It's, it's, they're still on, they're still on, you know, hospital workers only, like phase 1A or whatever yeah, that is. It's like hospital workers and Drake. <laughs> Sucks for them, man. I don't feel bad for – I'm never going to feel bad for another team in the East ever. But like I think if we could get – like you get a five and one out of these six games and then – because then it's like playing the Blue Jays, yes, they're in the division. We're going to see their best punch. Yes, Detroit, you know, has a – they got punched in the mouth last time. So they're going to – you know, they're going to come back, you know, with maybe a little fight. I've seen uh, – I think Mickey had a big game the other day. But then we roll after that into four games at home against the Rays and three against the Red Sox. So it's like work whatever's got to be worked out, you know, this week. And let's, you know, let's get ready to roll. And and those Tigers games are key. Grab those free cupcake wins yep. on the schedule while they're there. Don't piss those away. Sweep them and it takes less pressure off you. I didn't realize that Tampa – so they're going to play 13 games against Tampa before we even see the Red Sox. What a bizarre <laughs> schedule. Yeah. It's weird. I don't know if like what they were playing because then after the Phillies, we go we play the Blue Jays again, but in Buffalo, it's like we're getting a lot of the in 
you know, in division games out of the way in the first half of the season, then I think we don't really see like a lot of the division again. Like I'm flipping through. We, we have a very like Boston heavy July. Uh, we see the Rays again in July. What does September look like? Who do we, so play? we must see the Red Sox in August. We have to. Well, we have a lot of them in July. We have like six okay. games in July. We okay, only play so. them two games in August. Weird. But in August, we get to like, we've got, we play the Marlins July going into August. We get the Orioles. We get the Mariners. We get the Royals. Oh, who knows okay. where? So that's, the, that's the cake to eat. Yeah. Who knows the when schedule. the White Sox are, you know, how the White Sox will be when it gets to like mid August. Then we've got the Red Sox who should be dead by August. Minnesota, who is supposed to be one of the best teams they're in baseball, horrible. and they're yeah, they're playing terribly. Dude, the Central is trash. You talked about the White Sox. Did we catch them at a, at a good time or whatever? The, the Central might just suck. They sucked last year in the sixty game schedule. I, we, I feel like we always just pound on the AL Central. There are a lot of yeah. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of hype coming out of there after you know the Bomba Squad. <laughs> Yeah, the Twins are awful, which is which is good to see. So, yeah, no, everything's in front of us. We had our worst start in 60 years for the first two weeks of the season, and we're a half game out coming into Memorial Day. We're, we're fine. Yeah, I mean, we're feeling good. I mean, we could talk about it for a second. I know it's, you know, something that bothered a lot of people when he won Rookie of the Year, but Otani looks like the real deal. Yeah, man. It's fucking why scary. Would you, scary. Why would you sign with the Angels, my guy? You could have come to us. The fact that he didn't even sit down with us, like, still bothers me. Like, you think about the alternate reality, because, you know, he, they would have had him instead of Stanton. He'd be pitching and hitting. Although, would we have even made it work, or do you think we would have fucked him up? We, uh, I think we probably would have. He would have ended up with Tommy John with us, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He would have had a Larry Rothschild Tommy John and a Matt Blake recovery. Man, if he was DHing and pitching once a week, can you imagine our rotation? If uh, I don't even want to, I don't even want to do this. But yeah, now when he and when he was coming out, I was like, oh, perfect. You know, Tanaka's already on the team. Matsui's an advisor. Like, we should have the guys to recruit him. Like, why would he not want to come here? His left-handed swing for Yankee Stadium, like everything was screaming Yankees, and he was just like, nah, West Coast only. It's like, damn. I love like there's always this thing of like, well, you know, it's closer to Japan, and it's like you're not flying there on an off day. Yeah, I don't, yeah, like you're going home for the weekend, like a college kid, but he didn't sit down with the Dodgers either. I think like there's some of it had to do with the market and Cashman had the quote. It was the night he was, he did his annual repelling off the building thing. He, he spoke from the top of the building and he was like, I can't change the fact that we're on the East coast and I can't change the fact that we're in a major market. So he was only considering, I guess, the Padres, the Angels, the Diamondbacks. Yeah. I don't know. And now Trout's Weird. out like six to eight weeks there. So he's going to, I think Otani, you know, if he keeps putting up great numbers, it's going to be awesome in last place still. Uh, always. And I hate the narrative. Everyone's like, oh, Mike Trout doesn't have enough help. The Angels don't have enough help. These guys willingly sign here. It's like nobody put a gun to your head and told you to sign with the Angels. You fucked up. You had Albert Pujols. You had Josh Hamilton. Like these are all guys that Mike Trout has played with. Yeah. Like, yeah, maybe and the pitching hasn't been great. And Otani had his pick of the litter too to sign with any team. Like I'm never gonna feel bad for star players on the Angels. They you you picked this life. Yeah, no, I mean Trout could be the hometown hero in Philly right now. Imagine you added Mike Trout to like the Phillies roster. Like maybe yeah, obviously there's someone who's not here. Maybe Gene Segura. I don't even know if he's on the Phillies <laughs> anymore. But he is. He is. You've got Mike Trout and Bryce Harper in the corner outfield spots. 
That would be sweet. And I was shocked when he signed that extension because I was pretty sure he was coming to Philly. Like he's at every Eagles game. He's always talking about it. Obviously he's from here and everybody that was ever a Phillies fan was completely sold that he was coming here. And I think everybody was shocked when he basically signed a lifetime deal to stay in that wasteland. Yeah. It, it's insane. Down, there's a kid from Millville where he's from now. There's a senior in high school. That's thrown 102 miles an hour. I heard about him. Yeah, yeah. He's I call like a news clip. Yeah, I call like a news clip of it. I'm just like, Jesus Christ, this kid is throwing. A, imagine throwing 102 miles an hour as a high school kid. That's that's scary. I faced high 80s once and I barely saw it. I hit 92 on a gun before. I faced guys uh, who I, I didn't. Threw I never noise. threw high 80s. By the way, I'm saying I saw yeah. it in the box. Yeah, I saw guys who I probably I've probably seen like a guy or two that was like 95. Where it's like you're, I'm not even seeing that. No, you don't see that. I played one guy who could hit 95, and he threw two fastballs right by me, right, right by me, and I was like, "Fuck, this is probably the hardest I've ever seen a guy throw." I'm like 18 years old. O2 freezes me with a knuckleball. <laughs> That's cruel. Knuckleball. He just wanted to embarrass and you. It, he didn't want to just strike you out. It danced all over the place. Like it was, I just, I was like, I don't, I got nothing. Like I'm not even angry. I'm impressed. <laughs> you know, you go in there with like, fuck it. You know what? I'm going to choke up. I'm going to, I don't care if I, you know, I just need a, I just need a base hit. And it was like the first, I was like, well, didn't really see that. Second one. Thought that was going to be outside, but I admit, umpire, it was not. Third one, what? Oh, all right, I'll go sit down. It was bad. Take a seat at that point. Well, listen, we need another good week. Let the good times keep rolling, because that's all it is. Is like the baseball season's so long that like you need to find these six and one weeks. You need to follow that up with a five and one week. It keeps the fans in it. It keeps us sane. Oh, it's important. And look, it's it can even be a drag for us. So we're going to have that big game feeling coming up. We'll have it when we go up to the stadium you know, next Friday night, and we'll have it all weekend when they come to Philly. It's nice to know we got big games coming up Yeah, because it can get, drag. Yeah, and getting back into like the swing of things of like getting the games. Like, I haven't been – I've now been to Baltimore. I haven't been to uh, – Oh, this will uh, be your first time back. Yeah. Yes, okay. it's game five of the 2019 ALCS. You know, so I'll, I'll go. I'll do that. I may go up to Boston on June 25th. I'm waiting to see what their capacity is. I have a wedding in that I have to stay at Mohegan Sun the next day. So it's oh. like, ah, if I'm going to drive up that far into Connecticut, why not go the extra hour and a half to Boston? It's a Saturday wedding, Saturday yeah. night wedding. So you would go Saturday, Friday night. Yeah, we go Friday, stay in, you know, a Marriott or some shit like that, and then come back Saturday, check in to, you know, get dressed and and, and go. And then I may go up in July with Carabas to a uh, a Red Sox game in, in Boston. So we'll see. But in terms of like trying to figure out, now I'm starting to pick out my like, boom, where can I? It's where can fun. I, I love looking at the schedule and just, yeah. It's and looking at just like there. the rest of the, the world. I'm just being like, all right, where can I sneak in? Especially now having a kid and like just the world, you know, shit going on. It's just like, where can I sneak in? But having those two Phillies games is clutch. It's like that weekend's booked. That weekend's done. Yep. So... You follow Nick on Twitter. At NKirbyNYY. Just do it. It's a fucking good time. Like, it is. It's anxiety-inducing. Just reading his tweets. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at JJ from the Bronx. You can follow the podcast at George's Box Pod. 
I think I guess the show just comes out on Tuesdays now. We found that it's like easier for us to record these on Mondays because there's their schedule just has so many off days yeah, on Mondays. All the off days are on Mondays, basically. And because it's tough when like I'm just not staying up to record after a game and then have someone edit it after the game. Like I just don't care that much about this. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you guys all like the show, but I hope you don't care that much either. We're all just here having a silly goose time. Well, listen, six and one's a good week. Five and one would be another good week. Six and zero oh would be a great week. The boys are starting play. to roll. Boys are starting to roll. We hope to see you if you're going to be there. Oh, uh, June fourth, not June fifth. Sorry, June fourth is when we're going to go. Um, if you're going to that game, let us know. We hope to see you out there. We're going to hopefully get there by first pitch, uh, but we're going to we got to figure out some tickets. So if anyone has a, a suite and they want to invite us, we'll come. Right? I think that's fair. Hey, we'll see you in your suite, or we'll see you at the parade. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.